Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Black Hawks Live. Whether you're the casual hockey observer or the epitome of a rabid Hawks fan, Black Hawks Live answers all your questions. It's just been a good sign this year that they all seem to be having fun getting along and working hard. I love those three things together. Joe Brand delivers the news, notes, and everyday gossip from the Madhouse on Madison. Here's Joe Brand. Crazy to think we've only got four more of these left. But that's just what happens when the hockey season starts to wind down. Nine games left for the Blackhawks. It'll be five at the United Center, four on the road. But time is ticking away, and the Hawks, unfortunately, right now in a five-game losing skid. However, that not telling the story of the last two games that they've had, especially last night, a 4-2 loss against the Vancouver Canucks, another game in which the Hawks were in it towards the very end but uh, already missing a few of the big pieces from earlier this year, then losing Jared Tenorti midway through the game. Definitely an uphill battle to climb. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. Blackhawks Live is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get. It's also brought to you by Brew Pub Pizza. We are going to be giving away some pizza, and actually we'll just jump to it right away, uh, twisting things up a little bit tonight like we normally do. But our guest this week is Mark Eaton. He's an assistant general manager for the Blackhawks. He's also the director of player development. Had a great conversation with him earlier today as he was uh, very helpful um, with uh, explaining what his job details are like nowadays and also what types of things he's looking at for the possible future successful players on this Blackhawks organization moving forward. So our question for you, if you'd like to win some free pizza, Brew Pub Pizza, lots and lots of pizza coupons, which we give away here on Blackhawks Live. You can find Brew Pub, lots and lots of pizza in the frozen section of your local retailer. 312-981-7200. Give us a call and tell us what team Mark Eaton won a Stanley Cup with. He's now the Blackhawks assistant general manager. He's the director of player development, but he won a Stanley Cup you got to give us the team name and the year. And you win a free Lots of Mots pizza. Again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call in. So this week for the Blackhawks has been an eventful one. And a long road trip with that as well. Five-game road trip that they just concluded. It was the longest of the year. Started with a win against Nashville and then followed up with four straight losses. However, the last loss on the road trip... And the first game of this homestand, two decent losses. Especially last night against Vancouver, 4-2 loss where the Hawks are bringing a 1-1 game into the third period. They bring probably the highest energy of the entire game in that third period. And unfortunately, a rough bounce that goes off of Seth Jones' skate, goes into the back of the net, and then later on, they add to their lead. We're actually going to be talking about how Vancouver uh, took the lead and what happened leading up to it. Because it's kind of a hockey conversation of what unfolded right before that. And it was one of the topics that's been brought up a lot lately 
regarding what's necessary to defend your teammates and what should be worth fighting for for your team. And if you remember, Lucas Reichel took a hard hit from Dakota Joshua, the Vancouver Canucks. Mackenzie Entwistle went to go defend his teammate of Lucas Reichel. And then the play just kind of unfolded. Vancouver scored. And you could make the argument that Entwistle was kind of just hanging back on the other side because he was trying to instigate a fight with Dakota Joshua, but he was defending his teammate. Seth Jones was asked about it. Luke Richardson was asked about it. We'll get to their sound bites in a little bit because the phone lines are making Jack Heinrich very busy right now. Um, and if you are waiting on hold, just just hang tight. We'll get to your calls in a moment. But I don't think it's something to dwell on right away because what's important for the Sox team right now is to develop that team chemistry, to develop that camaraderie and show that guys are going to defend their teammates and guys are going to support their teammates. Now, if this was a playoff game, and we're talking a very successful Hawks team that's looking to go on a run, that can't afford coughing up goals left and right, I, I hear you. Maybe it's not the best idea to try to get in a fight right there. But Seth Jones and Luke Richardson both didn't think it was that big of a deal. I also don't think it was that big of a deal in that setting. And I think it's more important to see guys like Mackenzie Entwistle have their teammates' backs in situations like that, rather than trying to prevent goals in rough games that the Hawks might not have already. Jack, who was the first caller? Was it two? All right, let's go to Tim in Lockport. Tim, who uh, did Mark Eaton win a Stanley Cup with? Pittsburgh Penguins 09. Did you have to look that up, Tim, or did you know that already? Uh, no, I guessed at the year, but I but I knew the, the team. Oh, okay, you knew he was a, a Pittsburgh Penguin? Yeah, I just had to try to think about the year there in my mind. I don't I, happen in my mind. I don't remember him on that team that much, but after reading a little bit on him and hearing a couple other podcasts, he, he was a pretty important player on that team. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. I follow hockey, so I do kind of remember that. All right, Tim, how do you like your pizza? I like a lots of matzo, lots of <laughs> cheese on there. All right, cut that, put in a promo. Congratulations, Tim. Have a good All night. Right. Thanks for listening. That is Tim in Lockport. Lockport. He is a winner of a brew pub, lots of matzo pizza coupon, and so is Pat and Darian, Scott and Cherylville. Just hang on tight as uh, we'll get those to you. Jack will take your calls during uh, the break, get your information. Again, brew pub, lots of matzo pizza coupons. It is a fantastic frozen pizza. Might be my favorite frozen pizza out there. Because, again, I understand Chicago's got a lot of options, but you can't get delivery every time. Um some news breaking yesterday during the Blackhawks games that Jonathan Taves has been skating once again and actually was it's a cool situation for him because he's able to reconnect with a few of his former teammates with it being the Legends Cup yesterday. Andrew Shaw was there, Adam Burrish, Ben Eager. I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that were out there that day. Uh, I think Chelios and Savard were hanging around, but I, I know they were at the Fifth Third Arena prior to that. Anyway... It seemed like it was a perfect opportunity for Taves to take the ice in a laid-back atmosphere and an opportunity for him to just kind of be himself, be with his former teammates, not think too much. We haven't heard too much of an update since earlier, a month and a half ago, when he was trying to make a comeback after the All-Star break and then just kind of pump the brakes on it because he is putting his health first. 
According to Luke Richardson, he took the ice yesterday. He has been skating, and he's hoping that Jonathan Taves can take the ice in either a practice or a morning skate coming up. The unfortunate thing for the Hawks right now is they've got so many games. They've got a game every other day, pretty much for the rest of the year, the way it, the schedule shapes out. If you, if you stretch it out, it basically turns out to be that way. But they don't have practice today. They have a game tomorrow. They don't have practice Wednesday. They have a game Thursday. So maybe we'll see Jonathan Taves sneak in a morning skate this week because we have heard as recently as a couple of weeks ago a report coming from John Dietz of the Daily Herald that the captain has been seriously considering retirement by the end of this year. So if that is the case, and we're not quite sure whether or not it is the case, but if it were the case, if we're playing that hypothetical I'd have to imagine Jonathan Taves wants to go out with a big bang for Blackhawks fans. And even if it's not the case, I think he wants to provide some sort of hello, possibly a farewell to Blackhawks fans before this season is over. Because again, he is a free agent at the end of this year. Nothing is guaranteed for next season. And he's already having a real tough time coming back and just kind of fortifying what he is trying to do to finish at least this year as a Blackhawk, I can't imagine how difficult it is for him to try and entertain the thought of completely being done. So, by all accounts, hopefully he can make a return before this season is over. Again, nine games left. The final game of the year is April 13th against the Philadelphia Flyers. There are five more home games left, including tomorrow night against the Dallas Stars. Hawks fans will get to see Max Domi once again. But it would be great to see the captain return to the ice because you know he's probably going through hell lately, having a hard time getting back. Uh, We're going to get to more. We're going to play some sound about Luke Richardson talking about Jonathan Taves. Want to get to some sound from both the head coach and Seth Jones about that McKenzie Entwistle hit as well. But we've got to get to a break. Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. All season long, Luke Richardson has definitely done a great job of defending his players, I mean, all and out, but also when, even when they commit penalties that he feels are justified or when they're doing things that's for the better of the team, even if it does end up hurting them in the game, Luke Richardson has always had a pretty good perspective on just keeping everything, or keeping an eye on everything that's going on. He does that same approach when addressing Mackenzie Entwistle defending Lucas Reichel in yesterday's game against Vancouver that led to a Canucks goal. But once again, I want you to hear how descriptive Luke Richardson is with his answer, how in-depth the answer is, because we can pick it apart a couple of ways, and I want to do it after we play it. Yeah, you know, I think it's still four on four, you know, I mean, I think, but sometimes when that happens, people stop playing and they're watching to see what's happening. So a little bit of that, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a good lesson for Reichel to get the puck in deep. Like he should have had it in deep twice there and, uh, you know, maybe he deserved to get run over there on that one. So, uh, uh, and it wasn't a charge or anything. Like it's just a big guy that just 
you know, stepped into him with his shoulder, and it was a clean hit for sure. So, yeah, no, you, we got to learn to play, and maybe make the right play, and we'd avoid that. But uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, just a, a mistake. We miss a rim in the second period at the end, and it turns around, it's in the back of our net, and then we don't get it in deep on the third or the second goal or the third goal, I guess, what, third, second one. And uh, that gives them the lead when we should have probably had the lead with Tyler's chances around the front of the net. So that's frustrating when it's not going in for us and uh, every little mistake we make because I thought we played hard again. Um, but it's just a little crucial mistakes in the certain areas that uh, teams like that, they have lots of offense and they can score quickly. So again, nobody's making a big deal about this and I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it. I will say though, if the Hawks were very competitive right now, fighting for a playoff spot or looking forward to getting on a playoff run, this would be a big deal, I would think. Because it was a game-changing goal, and it's what preceded it. But the difference is, this is what we can pick apart right now with this team being in a rebuild. And what I love about Luke Richardson and Luke Richardson's answer is, is it's hardly about McKenzie and Whistle. Because again, I, I think he understands the situation. I think he's fine with Whistle doing that, defending his teammate, especially it being the top prospect of Lucas Reichel. But he basically explains how if Lucas Reichel does his job and puts the puck deep, this whole thing doesn't happen. It's kind of like, you know, you telling a police officer that's about to give you a speeding ticket after going, I don't know, six or seven miles over the limit. Like, okay, should you still receive a speeding ticket? Yeah, but why did you speed? Oh, I'm late for work. Well, if you weren't late for work, you weren't going to be speeding. It's kind of like that thought process. And that's what he's doing. He's holding his players accountable even before that whole play ensued. And I think that's just, again, an example of how inquisitive Luke Richardson is when answering these questions, when addressing these topics, and just always being on top of things. And again, I don't think it's a big deal. I think Mackenzie Entwistle is in the right to defend his teammate there. But if this were the Stanley Cup playoffs, we'd be talking about this, and I think a lot of fans would be upset about it. But again, because of the situation the Hawks are in now, you can dissect it, and you can break it apart, and just talk about it without it being a wrong opinion either way. Seth Jones pretty much carried the same sentiments. That's the thing that's been happening in the league, I think, a lot this year that they're trying to take out is, uh, you know, when there's a clean hit, a guy doesn't have to fight just because he hits clean. And so I think you want to send up your teammates. It's natural instinct, especially a guy like Rikes, um, one of our best players. So um, it's natural to, to want to stand up for him. Um, so you can't fault the guy for that. Um, it's just unfortunate it ends up in the back of the net. You know, most of the time it doesn't. It's just this time it did. That's a great point brought up by Jones, too, because... Again, the conversation of, all right, well, these big, clean hits, even if they're big, even if they're loud, even if you know it stings the player that gets hit a little bit, if it's clean, why are we trying to remove that from the game? I, I don't see a problem with a good, clean hit. I mean, hockey's a physical sport. Anyone that'll, that played the game will tell you that. So why not keep the clean hits and then try to clean up some of the dirty hits? But part of that is... You know, maybe refs will stop calling them, and there wasn't a call made on this play, but maybe refs will stop calling those if the team that gets hit doesn't feel the need to go and retaliate right after it. Again, not saying that McKenzie Endwistle was in the wrong here. I think he did the right thing by defending his teammate. But it's it's just the circumstances of it. Mark Eaton was a great 
conversation earlier today. We talk about a number of things. We bring up Frank Nazar. We bring up Colton Dock. And I wanted to bring up those guys specifically because they're both players that have gone through adversity in a big year for them in the Hawks organization. It's Nazar's first. Doc has been here. But now he's the only Doc. And I don't think he's going to have the problem of coming up in his brother's shadow. I think they're two different people. I think they're two different players. And I think Doc is already doing a lot of good, right things. And they and he comes into the Blackhawks organization in a totally different setting. But we hear from Mark Eaton about those two players. He goes in-depth about the mental side of how the Blackhawks are improving that aspect of developing these players, which I think is huge. But I also asked him, because he's been with the organization since 2014, what's the biggest difference he's noticed since Kyle Davidson has taken over? And one of the things he said was just being a lot more decisive and simple in terms of what types of players the Hawks are looking for. And how he explains those players are sought after are already being shown at the NHL level in the NHL roster with some of the guys that Kyle Davidson has picked up already. We talk with Mark Eaton next, but first got to get to the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom with Steve Ruxton. Blackhawks Live rolls on 720 WGN. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. We're talking with the Blackhawks front office, Assistant General Manager and Director of Player Development, Mark Eaton. Mark, thank you very much for the time today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you. So I I got a question about what's going on right now in terms of the Frozen Four and with the Blackhawks having a handful of players in that tournament. Is this a time to help those players, or is this a time to kind of hold back, let them focus on their games, and and let the colleges handle them? No, definitely the latter. I mean, a lot of our work in player development is is with the guys the first three quarters of the season, you know, with the players individually, staying in touch with their coaches to to get their firsthand overview of our prospects. But, yeah, this time of year, entering the playoffs, uh, we just want to leave our guys in their little bubbles. Like, uh, I was at the regional games in New Hampshire, watching Boston University and, you know, Drew and, and Ryan didn't even know I was there. So we just want to make sure these guys are able to focus on being student athletes, enjoying that experience, playing in the, the most meaningful games of the season and just kind of kind of let them be. I think for us on the development side, we, we like these opportunities to see how our prospects respond in the, in the higher, highest pressure games. So that, that's the opportunity that was afforded us this past weekend. Well, going back to where you do deal with them earlier on in the year. That's got to be an interesting dynamic with what you are hoping to see from these guys and and what the colleges and and those programs are hoping to see from those guys. Are are you in constant communication with those coaches of of what you're looking at, or or is it, again, one of those things where you just kind of back off and let them do their job? No, it's definitely a a balancing act through the course of the season. I think initially, the start of the year, when when we draft a player, we know where they're going to be attending college or or major junior. First and foremost, our, our first order of business is, is establishing a relationship with the coaches that they're going to be spending potentially the next four years with. It's our realization that these guys are playing for other coaches, so it, it's up to us to learn the player, learn the, the habits, maybe some of the things that make them great or some of the things that they may need to improve over the span of one to four years. 
and just make sure we're staying in touch with the coaches and more often than not I mean it rarely happens where we don't see eye to eye you know us as a development staff and the in the college or, or major junior coaches usually we have the same goals in mind for the players coaches realize we're trying to make the players better and in turn it's going to make their teams better so it's uh the, the communication aspect is is the most important part, and we just want to make sure that our prospects' heads aren't uh, spinning around in circles with us <laughs> telling them one thing, their coach is telling them something different, so we make sure the message is coordinated. Right, and, and I'm probably sure that because it's such a introductory part of their game, I mean, I know they've been playing all their lives, but you're not getting too in-depth and, and too intricate about their game at that point, probably, right? No, not at all. A lot of times it's, it's about habits, stick positioning, uh, we'll never get into the systems part of things that you know is more the team aspect you know we'll never talk to them about power play or penalty kill or mm. you should be doing this as a four checker or whatnot that's you know that's up to the the teams that they're playing for a lot of times for us it's uh you know picking the, the one or two things that either gonna get that player to the nhl or potentially keep him from getting to the nhl and then really just focusing on narrowing our focus in on those one or two elements of their game hmm. uh, to that point how have you been able to evaluate frank nazar's game with such limited time so far yeah it's uh biggest thing for him is just uh it's been good for him to get a dozen or so games in since his surgery it's an unfortunate part of the game that uh, most players are going to have to go through at some point in their career, uh, a long rehab, and it just so happens for Frank, it's sooner more than hopefully later. So it's, uh, you know, you can use that in terms of development as well. You know, he's he's gone through the rehab, he's back to playing. I don't think he's at the level he expected right away, and, you know, that's part of the learning process. So it's... Uh, staying positive staying focused on on what he can control and what he can contribute to, to michigan at this point in time and you know i think from first game back from injury to to now if you watch yesterday's game it's it's been a gradual uh, steady climb upward and that's that's to be expected i mean you after a, a long rehab a, a surgery like that no one's ever going to be able to step right back in and pick up right where they left off so it's uh, it's been a learning experience for him one that he'll be able to grow from and uh, it's good to see his game trending upward yeah i feel like he's probably got the perfect kind of personality to go through something like that just very authentic very positive but still even keel uh, i mean do you get that same sense yes and no i mean for sure he handled it well he, he was uh, a pro in his rehab and everything but he he has that such that high competitive hmm. mindset that he's one that he i don't think he expected to not be able to pick up right where he left off before surgery and it hasn't been the case and it, i think it's tough for him at first but he's he's starting to learn and he's starting to get back up i think to you know where he expected to be from game one which anybody that's that's gone through long rehabs knows game one and you know the first couple weeks first month they're are always tough after after a long time off. There's there's nothing you can do outside of games that's going to prepare you for uh, for game stamina. And he's getting that back now. Huh? For sure. Um, well, following up on that, what have, what about Colton Doc's game? Have you observed so far in his return? He's been good. I mean, uh, he dealt with some injuries. Uh, he has been in and out of the lineup. So good to see him back in. They had their last weekend of the regular season this past weekend so it was good for him to get a, a few games in before 
Seattle enters the playoffs. And yeah, over the last couple of years, he's the kind of player he needs to be successful at the next level. And he's starting to bring that into Seattle's lineup and, and play that way every game. You know, he's a big body that skates well. So he's, uh, I know we've been working on him with having that power forward mentality, getting to the, the hard areas of the ice, using that size and skating to his advantage and just being hard to play against with and without the puck. And that's the kind of style that thrives in the playoffs. And, and I think he's going to have a, an opportunity over the next month or two to uh, continue to hone that, that element of his game. Yeah, I remember that being a big part of his game uh, during the prospect camp, and he, he really showed that until it was unfortunately cut so short. Mark, you've, you've been with the Hawks since 2014, you know, working your way up to this position that you're at now. Um, but I'm curious, can you pinpoint specific differences that you've noticed, observed, even worked through uh, with the last regime compared to the one that Kyle Davidson's running right now? I would say the biggest thing is just I think Kyle's done a great job of uh, defining and, and simplifying the identity of the team that we're trying to build in Chicago. And you know, I don't think it's any secret. We're we're looking for guys that can skate. We're looking for extremely high level compete in, in our in our players. And for us on the development side, knowing that's the foundation, that's where we start with all of our prospects, and and we build out from there. You know, so we you know first and foremost with, with all of our guys, we talk about that compete level. We talk about not just skating speed, but being able to play fast. You know, thinking the game fast, moving the puck quickly. So it's really helped us on the development end just kind of narrow in, build a foundation, have a starting point with all of our prospects, and just kind of expand from there with with each of them individually depending on their needs. And you're really seeing that. I mean, you're already seeing it at the NHL level with some of the guys that Davidson has acquired, whether it's you know a trade, uh, uh, moving roster makeup you know with the asset of having the salary cap availability um but he's hit on a lot of guys um how do you is that a new aspect for your job for looking into because i I do want to get into the mental aspect of all this because i know the blackhawks are putting a big emphasis on it uh making sure that's that's a huge part of a lot of these players games um is that a new aspect for you really focusing on the mental health and skills of these players and and how to best utilize that and and help help them uh, throughout their career using that more? Uh, well, I'd say it's not a new element, or I guess I should say it's not a new concept. I think it's something that we've always strived to do with our prospects, but it's just over the last couple of years we've had the the resources to be able to, to start to implement that part of development the, the way we want, obviously with AJ Sturgis, Pete Kedushin, um, you know, heading up the performance psychology group and I you know I think we'll be adding someone as well to to work with guys in Rockford and with our prospects it's uh you know I think it's the looking back on my career it's the one thing I I wish I had learned more about spent more time focusing on and and becoming stronger in and and it's just something that we want to offer up to all of our prospects because it's you know we, we talked about Frank Najar earlier going through something like that it, it's as hard 
mentally as it is physically to get through things like that and and stay positive and, and be able to come out the other side of it uh you know better off than you were so it's um it's such an important element we, we tell all of our prospects that no path to the nhl is a, is a smooth and easy one you're going to have obstacles bumps in the road and and it's you want to be proactive to be able to have the, the tools to, to deal with those bumps and deal with those obstacles along the way because ultimately that a lot of times that's what separates the guys that make it from the guys that don't whether it's uh, being cut the first time or sent down or, or having an injury that you know some guys just can't really recover from mentally and physically a lot of guys uh, career progressions are, are stopping their tracks so uh, yeah it's a huge element that we put a lot of emphasis on and I think it's still in its infancy I think there's still a ton that, that we can continue to do with it huh that's very interesting uh, one more here with Mark Eaton director of player development for the Blackhawks and assistant general manager um, and I gotta ask this because you brought up your experience through your playing career and I mean you've got quite the resume um, but I did hear in an interview you did earlier this year about how you use a lot of that experience towards the job you're doing now in terms of what worked well for you in your development what didn't so I'm curious about what was maybe a positive uh, occurrence or relationship you had with somebody that might have been in a, a role like yours right now that really helped you throughout your career and that, that really stuck with you doing the job you do now yeah that's a great question I, I was fortunate I, I had a lot of great coaches throughout my career but I you know I was lucky early on in Philadelphia when I made the Flyers out of camp my second year Craig Ramsey was the coach and, and he was a guy I think he's gotten a lot of publicity for what he's done with the uh, Slovak national team out there and, and helping develop that program and he was a forward in his day but he was a defensive minded forward and, and he just it seemed like he knew how to deal with younger athletes you know somebody that's trying to establish themselves that's uh, playing in a you know a high pressure environment in Philadelphia trying to get his foot in the door and he just he knew that, that young players make mistakes and he was all about helping uh, allowing those mistakes to happen but Helping you make sure that the mistakes don't happen again and then just giving you the little uh, tips of the trade that, that he found out through his long career. And, you know, that's kind of the approach I try to take with our prospects is it's uh, we're a lot about growth mindset and failure can be a gift. Making mistakes can be a gift. And it's allowing these guys to, to make those mistakes, but helping them learn from them, you know, not being overly hard on them, just encouraging them to, to continue to stretch themselves out of their comfort zones because uh, that's really how you grow. You, you know, you try things that maybe you're not capable of right now that, uh, you know, make those mistakes and, and uh, just continue to get better and better. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's try, what we try to, to bring to, to our prospects in player development. For sure. Well, Mark, it's, it's a really cool time in the Blackhawks organization right now, especially with all this young talent. So we really do appreciate the insight that you're able to provide today. Thanks. Yeah, it is exciting. And, I, I you know, with... Uh, Wins and losses. We, I mean, working with our prospects, we get that inside uh, look with kind of what's uh, what's in the in the prospect pool and what's coming over the next couple of years. And, and we are excited. And, and it's not you know we're not just saying that. We have a lot of great young players that uh, that we feel can be a part of the core going forward. And that's uh, that pool is going to continue to grow. So we internally, we we definitely are excited about the future. Awesome. Great to hear. Mark, thank you very much for the time. All right. Thank you, Joe. We'll have more Blackhawks Live next, 720 WGN. 
Our last stop of Blackhawks Live here on 720 WGN. Only three more shows after this one. I'm Joe Brand. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. Jack, sorry I didn't give you any time to squeeze in. I know you were grinding away back there on the other side of the glass. Anything yeah. you wanted to chime in with? Uh, just the one thing from Jones earlier that you played, and I noticed this too when I was in there in the locker room yesterday when they're talking about that hit, and he's like, "Well, Reichel's one of our best players." So I kind of I think that shows how much he's improved this year and how much like he's impressed older players. That's a leader on the team saying that. That's a good point. That's a really good point because he's not saying like, "Oh, that's one of our best prospects," or "That's one Young of our guys." Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Um, feel free to interject good points like that whenever you want, Jack. When I'm not on the phone. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I made it a little tough for you before. That's but all right. No, no, it's a good point. And actually, th- there was another thing I wanted to bring up about the physicality, the tough guy mentality. I mean, they were missing Jared Tenorti for a good chunk of that game. And again, Jones goes on to say, you know, they're trying to remove the retaliation or or calling off clean hits like that. There's no need to reprimand a player for firing a clean hit. I wonder how different it would be if the Blackhawks had a couple of more enforcers on their team. I mean, Tenorti's the biggest, toughest guy out there. you still got Murphy. you still got Jones to an extent. Uh, Reese Johnson and Mackenzie Entwistle have no problem uh, getting in the face of other players. But I wonder if, if if you've got a handful of bigger guys out there, if, if Reichel's a little bit more protected. And yes, they want Lucas Reichel to become more physical, get stronger, gain some weight, gain some muscle, and all that's good stuff. But they're also hoping he can just learn how to absorb those hits a little bit better, avoid putting himself in that kind of situation. And I think that's what Luke Richardson was trying to get to, kind of reading between the lines. Like, you know, this whole thing could have been avoided if Reichel did the right thing with the puck right there. And it's it's just a learning moment. And... It's not something that he needs to be held to the fire about. I mean, it's just a simple little play. I mean, it's a development year, right? So he's getting chance at the NHL, and he's got to learn. I mean, <laughs> taking a hit like that, I think you'll learn pretty quick to get the puck in the zone, like Richardson was saying. Yeah, but again, I think very good point by you, Jones. Just going out of your going out of his way to say that about Reichel, and just to say it so nonchalantly too. And actually. Yesterday, I thought Lucas Reichel definitely looked like one of the better players yeah. out there. Yeah, he's he's played really well since being up here, and I think that's something in a year like this when they're at the bottom of the standings, you want to see him developing at the NHL level. We've seen it with a, a numerous number of guys you've talked about that have come up, and that's kind of what you're looking for, guys that maybe can stick around the next couple of years when they're good. We'll see what more kind of strides he can make. Nine games left for the Blackhawks. Again, the next one tomorrow night against the Dallas Stars. We'll start the FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show seven o'clock right here on 720 WGN. Big thanks to our producer Jack Heinrich. Big thanks to Mark Eaton and the Blackhawks for helping set that up. I'm Joe Brand. Next game is tomorrow night against Dallas. John Landecker's next, but first Steve Ruxton with the news after this. Thanks for listening to Blackhawks Live 720 WGN.